What's up, everybody? Welcome to the In The Dome Podcast. Podcast. Alright, take two. Well, I mean, it's, it's been a very eventful week, or how, what, week and a half since we last did a podcast. It's, it's funny because the last podcast we did, we were sitting there, I think it was the day that the news broke, was it Steve Simmons? Came out, and, is that his name, Steve Simmons? Came out, came out breaking news that Austin Matthews had COVID and this and that and then some other teams and then the whole world was falling apart again all over again and we're like, well, we're probably not going to see hockey. But um, it was we were it was basically this week we we're going to see if the NHL responded or not. They didn't, so they're holding Pat. And more good news along that front too. These other leagues, the NBA and the MLB, just released that they will be uh, returning to play at the end of July. So, to me, it bodes well for the sports world that things are moving forward. Again, I know there's people on both sides of the fence of this argument, but these leagues are obviously working with the top medical professionals available that know probably more than, you know, you and I or anybody else. Like, they're not going to fuck around. So, um, I just trust that they're going off the most accurate information available. And they're probably consulting with these experts on a daily basis to make sure that their plans are, you know, not going to kill anybody. Um, but it looks like it's looking promising, even though after, you know, a really questionable week of athletes testing positive, um, it doesn't seem to really be too worrisome um, enough to prevent, you know, these leagues from starting up again. No, and I mean, now we have this added excitement of, like, the draft lottery that just happened. It's just like, dude, I I don't know. It's It seems to really be ramping up. And, again, I'm sure they're being trepidatious, but it seems to be moving forward. So it's kind of exciting. Okay. We're going to cover news. There's a lot to cover, but obviously we got to pay homage. we got to start the this biggest off with... news of all time. I don't think I'm overstating how many Calgary Flame? How many Calgary Flames are in the Hall of Fame? For me, it's like it's Al McInnes, and pretty much that's it, right? Because like, how many other flame, flames, flames who you'd call true? Like maybe Newendek, I guess. But like, how many? What about um? How many guys do you remember about, as flames who are in the hall? What about what about Lanny? I guess. <laughs> I guess he's the one. I don't know. Lanny was like so before my time he's that I always like, forget about him. It's funny how he's like still like the face of the franchise. Yeah, he's still like in the he's like on the he's like the president of the Hall of Famer committee or whatever. So yeah, I guess I guess Lan I guess it's Lanny and Jerome are pretty much the only ones. But for me, this is the first time that a real true Calgary Flame, like career Calgary Flame, is in the Hall of Fame. So it's pretty well, cool. This is the this is the first time anybody that you or I or probably yeah. most people listening got to follow their entire career. We got to live and breathe and bleed with this player. It makes me feel I mean, it's old. Pretty special mo- yeah, it's pretty special moment for for a lot of Flames fans. It's it's pretty unreal, and like it's yeah, it's I've man like look just looking back on his career, and I think we'll do a full like retrospective when he gets put into the hall in like November or whatever. But unbelievable career, like you like it's just it's unbelievable to me. I don't think people if you're outside Calgary, and maybe this is just like us being like, oh, people don't appreciate our players. But I really think this is true. Like, if he had played in Toronto or New York or Montreal or anywhere where there's a bigger market, like, this guy would have been an absolute worldwide superstar. Without a doubt. And, I mean, I still think he is respected in a lot of those places, but I don't think people know the true impact Jerome McGinley had on the sport outside of Calgary. Like, this guy is, is an absolute legend. Like, he's, like, he's pretty much... On like for what Lakers fans think of Kobe Bryant, he's he's our Kobe Bryant. Yep, and it and it he is, and it's not even that's what we experienced, and that was our perspective. Yeah, that's, that's it. We that's him. what he is. Like his statistics back that up. So we were just talking about this. This is our take two because our first take just cut out. But my brother and I were looking at some stats. This was before. It was kind of I don't know, just coincidence and timing wise, but before they even released. Um, who might go to the Hall of Fame? We were looking at 
I think I first started looking at all-time games played, and I was just kind of like testing them and stuff. But it's pretty ridiculous when you look at all-time games played. Jerome McGinley's 14th overall. Look at this. The history of the NHL. Hard-ass games, dude. Hard as shit, those games he played. Like, did he take a night off is the question. And I guess if you go to the Hall of Fame, anybody making it isn't really taking many nights off. But like you said, this guy played. <laughs> he was a, uh, he was a beast. Well, that's, the, that's kind of the funny thing when I was thinking about it. It was like, during your life, you take a lot of shit for granted. But it was like every night you went to the every night the Flames played between like 1997 or 1998 and 2013. It was like that was like you went to see Jerome in the play, and he never like never disappointed. Anytime I was at a live yeah. game, Jerome in the play, I never left feeling like oh shit, Jerome Ginla didn't show up tonight. Like never, not once in the hundreds of games I've been to that Jerome Ginla was playing in the Saddle Dome. Like never, not one time. Yeah. Guy showed up every and night. He, and then there was a few seasons that he was just fire. Like, how many times did he score 50? He scored 50 twice, um, and he scored 40 twice, I think. Might be wrong on that. But, I mean, like, again. Like those those seasons when he scored 50, it was just, like, in the, every night. In the dead puck era. Like, he scored fifty goal, yeah. 52 goals in 2002 when, like, you couldn't even, like, the hooking, the holding, no power plays on a team that sucked. No other player on that team was even close to as skilled as he was. Like, if we didn't have Jerome McGinley, like, how bad was our team? Dude. Dude, we were bad with Jerome McGinley. Yeah. So, it's just, like, it's it's an incredible, like, I don't know. It's it's just an incredible career and shit, man. Like, it's kind of a, it's just, I, can't, I want him to be involved in this organization so bad still. I, I, I don't see how he wouldn't. Honestly, it's never he, he, it hasn't he, been the same since he left. I know the Fl- Flames organization, like we've seen a lot of cool stuff, all the like a lot of great players come through. But for me, there is a clear delineation in like this the pre and the the current and the post Jerome McGinley era of the Calgary Flames. And for me personally, yeah. and I think it'll be that way for a lot of people who like again grew up with Aginla and watched him play his entire career and kind of spent their formative years as Flames fans with him as the face of the franchise. I think it'll be like that for a lot of people. Like when people want, like how annoying is it when people are like, oh, I remember the days when Lanny was there. I was like, shut up. <laughs> so it's like that's gonna be us now. We're just gonna be like, oh, Aginla. Yeah. But it is true. It's like it's it's never gonna. I don't think for me it's ever going to be the same. I don't think there's ever going to be a player who I'm going to be that passionate about watching on my favorite team ever. It's just not going to happen. Well, I don't know, man. We have a pretty special player. I'm, I, I, Mark Jankowski? I'm not taking anything away from Jerome here in this moment, but Matthew Kachuk might be that guy. For oh, me. I thought see, you were talking about Jankowski. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Hard knows it. Yeah. I mean, he'll definitely <laughs> so, be top 20 in games played in the NHL by the time he's over. It'll be interesting. I don't know if, if anybody's asked or if Jerome's talked about this at all, but if he has any interest in management or getting involved, um, you know, behind the scenes with, with the Calgary Flames, like, you got to think, give him another maybe five years, he's going to be itching to get back involved in some way or shape or form. And, you know, his his buddy Connie's probably, you know, already maybe planting some seeds. We'll see, but... I, I think just having him around part of the organization, you know, it can only be good. I think it's a slam dunk, right? Like, you look at those other guys, like, I think Medano has a job with the Stars, Shane Doan with the Coyotes. Like, I think they'd be absolutely stupid not to be pursuing Jerome McGinley. It'll be in some bullshit advisor, public thing, whatever role, but come on. You've got to do it. Well, you, you can start there, and if he has an interest, yeah. then you can groom him a bit. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean... He, the guy's played over. He played over fifteen hundred games. Oh, well, I mean, and he's like there, how many? There's not many. There's not many people in the history of the game that have done done that. Well, it's cool because this is a guy. We like you said, we get to watch him every night. You were you were just telling me like we were running through the list of like the top twenty in games played. Gordy Howe, Mark Messier, Yarmir Yager, Ron Francis, all these guys, and it's weird. It's like all the guys who are like in the top twenty are like. Are like beasts. beasts, like Scott Stevens, like Scott Stevens, like 
that guy, Chris Chelios, Ray Bork, Nick Lindstrom, like Alex Ovechkin, Shane, like Brand Shanahan, like these guys are not. They didn't play the game soft. Yeah, like it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting this hypothesis of like, okay, you had to be like, because you'd think the opposite. These guys who played this like rough brand of hockey would be like injured all the time. Apparently not. Like holy shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, a- anybody in this in this top twenty list did not. They played a rough brand. Oh, so dude, they they were just tough as nails. Well, and then I mean, I think like, like what is he seventeen or four seventeenth all time in goals scored six hundred goals. Only 20 players ever have scored more than 600 goals, and he's one of them. And he played for the Flames. Like, I, it's yeah. just, it's unbelievable to me. And and it's like, he's, what, he scored 95% of his goals at the Flames, at least? Yeah, I think he, I think he left the team with 525 goals. I think he scored 100 of the 625 goals away from the Flames. Then, I mean, this is the other category I was looking at with my brother, and I went down the list, and I'm like, Jesus... If you're listening to this right now and you haven't looked at this list recently, I don't know if you have. I mean, you're probably looking at it now. But if I were to ask you who scored more goals, Jerome Giller or Joe Sackick, would you even hesitate to think that Sackick scored more goals? Like, intuitively, you'd think Sackick for sure. Like, he was on those like if, avalanche if, teams that were, like, dominating the entire league for, like, 10 years. And he was, like, what, probably the best goal scorer in the game at the time. Well, probably one of the best players in the game at the time. On one of the best teams. Like, if I had to bet money, I would probably say Sackick. But they scored the same amount of goals. Joel McGinnis scored the same amount of goals as the legend, Joe Sackick. Okay, while we're on the Joe Sackick. That just puts it into perspective how good this guy really is. I remember when they played in the Olympics together in 2002. Like, everybody remembers that game, right? Like, the gold medal game against the U.S. where Joe Sackick scored twice. And it was awesome. But Jerome scored twice in that game, too. He had three points in that game and was absolutely lights out. Like, he was great. He was just as important to that 2002 gold medal winning team as Joe Sackick. So, like... Was that uh, was that Babcock? No, that was Pat Quinn. Pat Quinn. I remember... I just remember, um, like, was Jerome started on the third line? Or am I thinking about the... I think you're thinking of 2010. Gold medal. So, in... in tw- must be thinking about 2010. Yeah, in 2002, that was kind of like... That remember that was like the the Canadian men hadn't won gold for like fifty years. The previous Olymp- that was when uh we had Lemieux and Korea. Yeah, still. it was like Lemieux and Korea that amazing between the legs no pass that, that Mario that made. Still to this day, yeah. if anybody asked me, was the best hockey goal I've ever scored in my life ever. That that has to be it. It's not even close. Like. That's an amazing like, goal, Mario Lemieux. What are you doing? Is the best non-pass. Like, how do you even of all time? see that? It was unreal. Anyways, it was that 2002 year, and I remember because, like, I was a nerd and I was little, and I had this, like, VHS of the documentary, and Jerome actually wasn't invited to the initial camp that year, but then he started, that was the year he won the Rock Richard Trophy, had 52 goals, so he lit up the league, so they had their, they, I think somebody got hurt, and he came in just to practice earlier in the year with him, and he was having an awesome year, and he ended up making the team, and he ended up being one of the best players on one of... Like what? The most insane team candidates of all time? I mean, that's Lemieux, Korea, Iserman, Sackick, Joe Newendike, Theo Fleury was on that team. Al McKinnis, Chris Pronger, and he was one of the best. You want to know why? Because he's that. He was that good. Yep. He was one of the best. And it was the same thing in 2010. He came in. I think he was on the third line. That's the Babcock one I'm thinking of. Yeah, I and remember like, no, being nobody fucking pissed with did, Babcock. <laughs> Did anybody at the time when he was currently playing really know how good he was? I don't think so. I really like. I really don't. I again. I I think I will say this till the day I die. If he was playing in Toronto, he would be one of. And I think he still is. Maybe I'm just living in my bubble of like, of Calgary. But I I still think he is a little underrated. The dude was one of yeah. the best. He was the best player in the entire league for five to six years in the mid-2000s. Absolutely no doubt. Like, there was nobody better than Jerome McGinley. Between 2004, between 2002 and 2008, I don't think there's a better player all around, period. End of story. That's a great argument. Like, I mean, sure. this guy, he, he won, between 2002 and 2010, he won a Hart, or he won a Lester B. Pearson, Art Ross, two, he, he scored 50 goals twice, he won Rock of Richard trophies, like this guy was unfucking real. Led his team to within a goal of the Stanley Cup. 
and somewhat under the radar. Yeah, like, I, it just, I don't know. Like, they did that stupid, dumb 100 greatest players list a couple years ago, the NHL. Again, that wasn't on it. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Anyways, end of rant. But I remember, like, that's one thing that I think goes underrated from him is his is his international play. Like, he was, people kind of forget, maybe it's because it's so long ago. I'll never forget 2002. He was absolutely fantastic. 2006 was a bit of a shit show. Um, but, yeah, in 2010, like, I thought Babcock fucked around, and then he finally puts him with Crosby, and da-doy! Yeah. Well, it's one of those things, and I think it was the same thing in in the, in the first gold medal. Like you said, like, he got his opportunity, and he ran with it, right? If he would have got it earlier, could have had even a better tournament because yeah. he was that good. He was the guy, but he was the guy to play with Crosby. And I mean, like, shit, dude, like, even before 2004, like, the year he scored 52 goals in 2002, unbelievable year, like, even pre-2004, this guy was the heart and soul of this team. And then... Could you imagine if the Flames team as a whole didn't fucking suck ass for the majority of Jerome's years? I know, I was just gonna, that's where I was going with this, it was like... I think the biggest the biggest travesty and the biggest wasted potential and opportunity of the Calgary Flames organization ever is those years between like 2005 post lockout to 2009 10 when Jerome kind of started to tail off where they they didn't go all in and they never got past the first round again like that is the biggest waste of a, two superstars and again Lynn Kippersoff like that that to me is the biggest travesty and the biggest like loss of potential of all time I can think of with the Calgary Flames. Like shit, some of those teams were even good, but I mean you know like how they everyone says like with Pittsburgh right now, so because they have Crosby and Malcolm, they're fucking going for it every single year. That should have been the yeah. mandate yeah. with the Ginla. It was like all I can ever think, and I like I always think about when Joe Thornton got traded for nothing to San Jose. It was like if the Flames could have pulled that off, we would have a Stanley Cup. Absolutely no doubt in my mind. Aginla and Thornton and Kiprasov, like, they never, ever, ever got him the help that he deserved and needed. Like, I mean, this guy scored 50 goals with Craig, and Craig Conroy's a fine player. On any other team in the league at that time, he's on the third line. Absolutely no doubt. Damien Lankow, good player. But, I mean, he's a second-line center. Like, the best player he ever played with, probably, was Alex Tangate. Like, think about that. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah. So, like, the fact that Cam he got... Larry, yeah, yeah Camillary, too. Like, they, there were some good teams in there, but this guy did it all on his own. I'm getting all riled up now thinking about old Bad Flames memories. Yeah, I mean, like we said, it'd be great to have him. I mean, he's still kind of already playing a part behind the scenes, like, th- the whole thing where they got Jerome to contact Milan Lucic to bring him to the Flames. I mean... <laughs> yeah, it shows, no. it shows he's still involved in the organization, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like, I think the thing that changed it for me, because like when I do a retrospective being a relatively negative person, I'm always going to be like, fuck, I wish he would have won a Stanley Cup. Fuck, they should have got him the help he deserved. Uh, he did it all on his own, blah, blah, blah. But then at Jerome McGinley's retirement speech, he was just talking about how it doesn't matter that he didn't win a Stanley Cup in Calgary because he got to play here so many years. He got to be involved in the community. And I was like, you know what? That's a great perspective. And I've kind of changed my tune on that. And you know what? Who cares if he never won a Stanley Cup? Like, what's the difference? Would have been nice, but I mean, we got to spend 10 plus years of having the best hockey player in the world and the best person in the world. Like, watching him every night, it was unbelievable. So, totally epic. Just, and I mean, some of, like, you obviously remember some of those shifts when he loses his helmet yeah. and whatnot. I mean, the, the, you know, the quote unquote, the shift was going viral on Twitter a couple days ago. Where it was the OT winner, I think game game five was it game four game five game five game five game in Tampa five Bay to, to put him a, a you know a game a away strong, like one game away one win away but how many times did we see that yeah like you obviously obviously you know that's the biggest magnitude in that game but he was doing that in the regular season getting his helmet knocked off fighting a guy and then scoring in the same shift is just like. Literally Unreal. all the time. I remember him score like I I don't have it in front of me, but game winning goals, I guarantee he's up there. Um like I remember like I remember very weird specific games. I remember a game against like Phoenix where he fought Jovanovsky 
and then and then as soon as he, he came out of the box he scored the game tying goal with like five seconds left like that yeah. that was what we experienced like pretty much every single night watching Jerome McGinley play yeah like one of the most consistent guys ever to play that to totally. play the game and I mean like he's kind of like the last of a a certain kind of player too like that power forward like the of a bygone era where he's going to fight and hit. Like he was mean as shit. Like if yeah. you've ever seen that fight with him where he fights Bill Guerin, like yeah, he I completely wrecks Bill Guerin and Bill Guerin is no slouch. Like yeah. he's again, less like 25, maybe 22 in the clip. He just beats the shit out of him. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That was great. All right. Well, we're going to do, I think what the plan is when, We'll do a full-on... Yeah, because, I mean, I personally could... We could talk about this for hours. I could just gush. We'll, we'll see if we can pull together some more interesting stats and do a, you know, just a solo focus on Jerome when he, when he, when the ceremony, when the election ceremony takes place. Yeah. Um, but we do have so much more to cover. So much shit is going so, on! Like we said, I don't, I can't remember if we, this is take one or take two, but, yeah, this is take when we said this, but... Like we said, the last time we talked, we didn't even know if the NHL was going to... Like, we did a Jets-Flames preview, and we kind of prefaced it by saying, well, this might not even happen now because all these players are getting, you know, tested positive for COVID. Well, yeah, we Although, were expecting, like, news to break that they were canceling the season, like, within a few hours. Or at least prolonging it another month. Yeah. But it seems it seems like things are going to happen. Um, obviously, the most massive crazy thing that happened was it two nights ago uh they do the draft lottery and the first overall pick goes to we'll see (laughs) could be the flames it was so crazy dude like what the fuck was that that was nuts yeah and we we talked about this a bit there's people on both sides of the fence of this some people don't like it they think it's ruining you know the, I don't know what, what, what is it actually ruining the fairness in the game. Yeah, that's BS. Um, like, like I, I guess if if you're looking at the parity in the league and and how it's been so even the last five years, especially, but is it? I mean, look how bad Detroit was. Look how bad Ottawa was. Well, everybody complains um, about the Oilers getting it, but the Oilers, they're like, oh, the worst team. Like the Oilers were one of the worst teams. Like they kept getting it, and I mean, somebody. Yeah, weren't they like bottom five? Yeah, the one year that they that they fucking jumped up and got McDickhead. That's the one year that they weren't bottom three, I don't think. Can't quite remember. But somebody said, like, very rarely does the worst team in the standings get it. Statistically, I can't remember where I saw this, so I'll have to fact check it later, but somebody said, statistically, the most likely place for the worst standing team to pick is fourth, where Detroit got. So, I mean, it makes sense, I guess. And you were saying you like like that. Dude, I like it sucking yeah don't reward incompetence because i'm the year that buffalo tanked actively tanked to get mcdavid (laughs) and then ended up not getting him like that was pathetic i hate that shit and i don't think that's good for sports i don't think it's good for the nhl specifically but i don't like rewarding incompetence if you're a competent gm like if i don't like the idea that you can just have the option to be like this is our strategy we're just gonna suck for five years and like i don't like that Oilers strategy of just sucking, and then yeah, you get all these great players. Like that's bullshit to me. That's not how you play sports. That's not in the spirit so of competitiveness. Then, Fuck that. So then, obviously, you're you would rather see us beat the Jets. Yeah, <laughs> I would, <laughs> but but it it wouldn't reward incompetence that much. It's just like you know, it's luck of the draw. Yeah. No, I think you just, you try to beat the Jets, you win at all costs. Yeah, but then there's you this silver the lining, Cup. right? And I mean, somebody said mentioned something about the hockey gods, and I think that's where it comes into play. You never lose on purpose to try and move ahead. It's never going to work out. Like, exactly. Not how like, are works. you going to be sitting there watching the Jets' flames playing around, being like, holy fuck, I hope the Jets crush us in three so we have a one in eight chance to get Lafayette? No, fuck no. If you are, you're not a hockey fan. I'm sorry. Like even even if you're saying that's what you're doing, and you, like I can, I I don't buy the idea that anybody would truly want that. Like for real, like yeah. sure it sounds fun. You like the idea of it, 
But you're just trying to talk yourself out of the fact that losing wouldn't suck that bad. Yeah. Well, if they do lose, I mean, that, that's the cool thing. Then they have a 1-8 in eight chance to get them. Yeah, so if we run through the scenarios of what happens if... So I believe Elliot Friedman said... Well, I'll go off what Bob McKenzie said because he said it would make more sense. If there is no playoffs, because that's one of the questions is like, okay, well, what if this doesn't happen? I still like what I'm, if COVID second wave happens yeah. and then they got to cancel the entire thing. So Bob McKenzie says that it's his understanding. This was on his Twitter, I think yesterday, that the eight worst point percentage teams outside of those who are in playoffs positions before the pause. So Vancouver and Calgary would have been in the playoffs, so they wouldn't be lottery teams. So if there's no playoffs, the teams that have a one in eight chance of getting it would be Montreal, Chicago, Arizona, Mini, Winnipeg, New York, Florida, Columbus. So if there's no playoffs, the Flames don't have a chance. Okay, and you're going by points percentage. Okay. Yeah, that's right? what Bob McKenzie said. Yeah, because if you look at straight overall points, Winnipeg has more, but they played three more games in Vancouver. So yeah, yeah okay, so makes points sense. percentage. So then if the playoffs do happen. Which, to me, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah, like, why not? The the Flames, if if the season's canceled, we shouldn't get a chance at laughing at you. That'd be ridiculous. Well, no, that'd be stupid. Well, I, I don't really care. It'd be like, we had our odds, like, but I don't know. Anyways, if yeah. if the playoffs do happen, I'd say when the playoffs happen, if the Flames beat the Jets, playoffs, don't get it. If they lose, they have a 1-8 chance of drafting first overall. Fuck yes. Yeah, and then like we were saying, I don't see Edmonton getting Lafreniere. Like, just you have to look at how crazy this year has gone. Well, yeah, getting and, yeah, and if you look at you know the teams across the league, we've talked about this with a couple of the guests we've had on the Calgary Flames in a nutshell, and maybe it's just because you know we follow the team so closely. But it seems like they've had the weirdest season within this weirdest year. That's why, to me, it's just like I would not even be surprised if we end up with the first overall pick. It wouldn't even it wouldn't even surprise me. I'd just be like, I'd be shocked, obviously, because I mean we get Lafreniere, but like, dude, if you have Lafreniere, if you have to actively remind people that seven months ago our coach was fired and made international news for racist comments and you're like oh yeah i forgot that happened this year that shows you how right, crazy of a year that is right in the middle of like the team's like worst stretch in like the last few years coming off a tumultuous offseason where you picked up one of the worst contracts in the league had a contract holdout with some of your players right before tj Brody goes down with a seizure and it's just like is this guy gonna play hockey again like, it's just it's been just, it's, one thing so after another this year. It's been insane. So, what you're saying is we're going to get Laffy. I wouldn't be surprised. Me either. <laughs> I'm just because every single time we come on this podcast, we say, could it get any weirder? Well, right? if, the last time the last time we were on here, we were like, well, I don't know. Could it get any weirder? Then the fucking draft lottery takes place, and the first overall pick goes to a team that's TBD. still playing. Unless, okay. so yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna get weirder, and I think we were just talking about this. It's not gonna whoever gets number one is probably gonna be like the weirdest team. Like you would never like maybe it's gonna be Pittsburgh. Well, again, like I I think Elliot and Jeff Merrick were talking about on this on their podcast. It was like, okay, what teams would it? would get first overall that would piss off the most people in the league. And I think there's pretty much three. It's Toronto, it's Edmonton, and it's Pittsburgh. Right? Yep. Because if it's Pittsburgh, it's like, fuck, they got this lucky again with another superstar. Like, they won the, they were the luckiest team of all time to get the Sidney Crosby draft. I mean, with Edmonton, that's self-explanatory. And then, I mean, if it's Toronto, I think most people will just be pissed because A, it's Toronto, and B, they, you know, they picked Matthews a few years ago. So, I think... I, I think if you're if you're a Flames fan and you're not in the running, then you just pray to God that he's he doesn't end up in the West. I think the only way, because everybody's talking about, like, oh, reform the draft, reform this, reform that. The only way there will be any changes to how the, the first overall pick is awarded is if Edmonton gets it. I think if, if Edmonton does win this pick, I literally think they're going to make changes 
but I don't think it's going to be a change in the system. I think there's going to be just a change on, okay, you can't have this many first overall picks over this amount of time. Because that would be pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I'm just looking at this list of, like, who would be the most just ridiculous team to get Okay, outside, outside of the Flames... I, I, I think Vancouver is in that in that list. Yeah, that's true. Edmonton, obviously. Edmonton, obviously. Um, that, from from the West, those are kind of like my, you know, the two. Then obviously Pittsburgh. Yeah, like I said, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Toronto. I think there Vancouver, will be there will be pandemonium if it's one of those three teams. If it's Edmonton, Toronto, or Pittsburgh. Otherwise, I think most people will be like, well, maybe New York too. I don't know. Maybe because they've started this rebuild and they have been bad. Um. So yeah, probably not New York. Maybe Chicago people might be pretty pissed too. It's like, oh, you got Kane Taves for twenty years, and now you got Laffy. Um, yeah. But honestly, like, I don't see much, much big a deal being made unless it's uh, specifically if it's Edmonton. But if Toronto or Pittsburgh yeah. gets it, there will be people will be freaking out about the draft. But I mean, like, uh, this is the year of unprecedented shit happening. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I like it. Not not that Bill I Peter's like all COVID. the crazy shit, but now some of the stuff it's led Laffy, to is kind of funny. Laffy has the potential to go to an instant Stanley Cup contender. Well, that's what's crazy. Like, if he joined, like, let's say the Flames get it. Like, are the Flames not the Stanley Cup one of the Stanley Cup favorites instantly? Like, you're dude. You're, don't you're, even. Don't you just get me? Like, <laughs> don't don't go there. Like, I'm getting like. Like, no, I was. What if he I goes, want, dude? Guaranteed, he's going to Arizona because they have Hall and he's got that first overall charm, baby. Like, if he goes to Arizona, is Arizona not instantly like, holy shit, they've leveled up? Hall yeah, Kessel Laffy. If Hall resigns there, so is do you think Laffy will start playing next year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's ready, eh? For sure. Fuck. So I think if I'm looking at it like, hey, if there's a team that I would like this to, is, you, like, come on, this is so exciting. I mean, we come back to this point where it's like people on the fence of like don't like this, like this. For the league as a whole, yeah, this is great. As as, as far as selling the game of hockey and, yeah, the, totally. and the league of the NHL. Like, come on. Like, like, this is... Come on. Like, this is... This couldn't have been... Maybe they did rig it. I, I don't think they rig it because, again... I mean, the, you have... Like, how do you not... Like, I asked myself that question. Like, come on. The first overall goes yeah. to a team to, to be determined? How was that not planned? When but, The moment Connor McDavid went to the... When the Oilers won the McDavid draft, I knew for a fact that the draft will never, has never been rigged. Because, like, if there was the the last plays on earth the NHL wanted the best player to ever play, probably, going to, is Edmonton. So there's no way this shit is rigged. If there's a team that especially I would... A, sorry, go ahead. Especially after getting, like... Yeah, like, exactly. Especially having four first overall picks. So there's no fucking way it's, it's rigged. Anyways, yeah. if there's a team that I would kind of, like, I wouldn't mind seeing get it, like, I, I think it'd be cool for, La, for Lafayette to go to Montreal. Yeah, I agree. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I wouldn't be mad. Like it's it's been a long time since Montreal has had like, you know, like their hometown kid and shit. Original six. How would you feel? I think it'd be cool. How would you feel if he went to Toronto? Um, I don't know. That's fine with. I me. would. I would like instantly be like Toronto. Man has got to be one of the most exciting teams, dude. Can you imagine a line? There, there are they're already so dynamic offensively. What would it to be? Watch. Would it be Matthews, Laffy, and Marner? <laughs> that would be fucking oh my nuts. God. Can you imagine? Could you imagine? And then they follow Can that up with Taveras, Nylander, Hyman. Like holy shit! Yeah, that so would be if, fun to like, watch. Say if okay, let's just say the Flames get Laffy. Where does he play next year? All right, yeah, let's do this thing. Let's say the Flames get first overall pick. He plays. Can we? Can we? Can we play someone? Can we give Kachuk somebody that's yeah. like actually you know got some superstar status? Okay, let's roll through these scenarios because I know you've been throwing some stuff out on Twitter. There's kind of some fun discussion. So if you get first overall and you pick Lafayette, where does he play? <laughs> this is the best. I hi man, I don't. That's a great question. Is either the automatic probably, you know, knee-jerk response is like, oh, you're playing with Monty and Johnny. Because, yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> no doubt. But, honestly, dude, I wouldn't. Here's what I would do. I would Are, I would solidify my top line. I don't know, but that 3M line is starting to to really go to another level. Because here's the thing I keep hearing is like, oh, the Flames don't even need Laffy because he's a left winger and we already have left wingers. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's That's how you end up drafting the wrong guy. 
Yeah. Have you ever heard of you draft the best player? You don't draft, draft for best position? player available, period. If you're drafting for position with the first overall pick, you should be shot to the goddamn moon. Anyways, yeah. where I would play Lafayette on left wing, I don't even, he can probably play right wing. I don't know. Move Gaudreau over to the right wing. Here's what, okay. Because, fuck, I want to play Gaudreau, Laffy, and <laughs> Kachuk together. That's what I want to see. Because I want to see yeah. all those three guys play together. Could you move somebody to center? center? Yeah. Could you could Kachuk play? Now, Kachuk's probably not quick enough to play center. No. I would probably put him with... If you could move Lindholm to center, could you go like Lindholm, Kachuk, Laffy or something? That's probably what I would do. Yeah. That'd be pretty deadly, dude. And then you can slide in Manjipani with Gaudreau and Monahan, and then move back. Ooh, that's what I would do. God, that's sexy. Yeah. And then you put Backlund with Bennett. Yeah, you put Backlund on the third line. That's what I do. We've we've been saying that's where he belongs, but yeah. So, anyways, but then there's another there's another angle. Okay, let's go through that. Because this was this was actually you asked me this, and I put it on. Twitter poll and it got a lot of action. Yeah, well, it's the first thing I thought Let, of because I was like, oh yeah, because Ottawa, because I kind of forgot that Ottawa had San Jose's pick from the Carlson trade last year. Yep. Now Ottawa has picks three and five. Yeah. They okay. If Ottawa has picks three and five, I'm sorry, but they would. There's no way they would bat an eyelash and rebuilding again to get picks one, three, and five, right? So, dude, you'd be loaded for years. Let's say you are the Flames and you get first overall. Are you telling me you can't get Brady Kachuk out of there, as well as you know, maybe a couple a really good prospect? Well, then one or two of them. The the question would be: Would you trade one overall? Would you trade Lafreniere for Kachuk? Pretty much straight up, that would be the deal. On would you do that? Yeah. Now. The poll that I did, man, I don't think we've ever had a, as, as many votes as us in a poll before. Uh, the last I looked, it was over 500. So this is not a small sample size, but it's 60, it's it's like 60, 30. No, no, 65, 35 is essentially how it breaks down. 35% people say, yeah, let's get Brady. Like put the boys together. Like that's all we need. Yeah. Take us to the next level. Whereas the other 65, which is probably where I fall into too, as, as sexy and as juicy as the, as the Kachuk brothers would be together. <laughs> like, could you imagine? You can't, a guy like Lafreniere, you, you can't, can't pass that up. You dude. just can't. Yeah. You just can't. I, I agree. Like you said, it's kind of sexy and fun to think that way. If, if Matthew wasn't here, it wouldn't even be a discussion point. But the fact that you, yeah, you'd have both Kachuks. So like, but then there's honestly, man, there's another part of me that's just like, I would. But fuck, can you imagine having two chucks on the same I might. line? <laughs> we've already so all unreal. fantasized. We've already all fantasized about. Oh, absolutely. It. I mean, we've the closest thing you'd ever seen would be the Sedin brothers. Obviously, they're they would never be that good together, but they could play the same style of game together. I mean, there's your, there's a centerman for you. There's there's your guy that plays with Matthew. Well, the other thing know. is like, what if you could do it? Like, I don't think anybody would do it straight up, but if you could do something where you could get three or five and Brady. Yeah, like say you got Brady and, a, and five yeah. for one. Like say you got... And maybe, and maybe you throw another prospect. Okay, so like best case scenario, all, this will never know, happen. All I know... <laughs> all you know. All I know, all I know is that if... I'll let you go in a sec. If you're Bradtree living, you get first overall pick... You start thinking about all your options. Well, here's here's what I said when because you were like, what whoever, flames- on, honestly, whoever wins that first overall selection, yeah, like you have instant buying power. You have instant anything, re- whatever you want. Yeah, because you can you can trade that for pretty much anything you want. You can start going to Buffalo and be like, hey, um, any chance we can start Eichel. working on Jack Eichel there, bitch? Are you telling me they wouldn't? They wouldn't think like, about it. They need to rebuild with Jet with one of the best superstars in the league. But you, Anyways, you know what Brad's gonna do. The first thing I no, text you, I know, no, I know. No. The first thing I text you is like guaranteed Brad trades down for like fifteenth and seventeenth and picks two depth defense, and I'm just fucking around. That'd be that'd be Jay Feast. Yeah, that'd be Jay or Daryl Sutter. 
But like dream scenario, if you button. if you could trade yeah button, if you could trade one, <laughs> if you could trade the pick for Laffy for Chuck and one of Ottawa's pick, like you'd obviously have to throw something in there. Like what if you did Monahan and one for like Kachuk and three overall, and then you could pick Quinton Byfield or some shit. Dude, could you imagine? Holy shit! So that would be like I, all I know is whoever whoever flukes out and gets yeah. this, like the world is your god is your goddamn oyster. It's. It would be hard to fuck it up. It would be hard to fuck it up, but it would also be like, like there's so many options. It's like, what do we do? Like, not even was it Chase on? No, what's his name? Oh, Chirelli. Chirelli. <laughs> not even Chirelli could fuck no, this up. No, he could fuck it up. The Oilers. Yeah, could, no, the oil. If the Oilers get it, they'll find a way to fuck it up. Yeah, they'd he'd probably <laughs> trade McDavid. Yeah. Um, in like a ten-player swap, and like try and like. Well, see, that's know, why it's so interesting because lines. usually who has first overall is getting a player who they're gonna build around. But it's like if you have a team like like Toronto, if you already have your established players, like it it becomes more than just a player you can build around. It becomes a a trading chip for something that you might want more. That's what's so. Yeah. That's what's gonna make it so interesting. Where you get instant value, and I mean, part of the argument with this too is that people that are on the thirty-five side of things. They're, they, here's a legit argument. Brady is already an established NHLer. You already know he's going to have a very successful career. You already know the style of game he plays. We don't know anything really about Lafreniere yet. Yeah, like even though he's number one, and very rarely does number like who you can count on like two finger, two fingers. Yeah, probably two fingers. Who like the number Alexander one picks Dague. who have never Dag. I was thinking Dag Yakupov and uh, Patrick Stefan. So, like, you can count on one right. hand. So, they usually work out. But, I mean, again, if you have a known, like, I don't know. It's going to be so interesting. But, but then on the other side, the argument is, like, this isn't just a first overall pick. Yeah. This this guy is being compared to, like, as good as being as good as Crosby is. Yeah, so. and this is one of the deepest drafts, too. So, it's like, he's one of, he's the best far and away in a deep-ass draft. Like, he has the potential to be one of the best scoring players in the entire league. So, yeah. but again, like if you're a team that's like, okay, one piece away from a Stanley Cup, like legitimately, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it makes it interesting. Cause, cause that's the, you know, that's the nature of the beast for the GM is like, you go all in on your window, yeah. whatever that window is. So it's going to be interesting, right? Because let's say it's one of these higher, you know, higher up in the standings teams that gets the first overall pick. They might try to go all in in the next two years, and maybe that doesn't include getting Lafreniere on the team. So, kind of, bl- you know what I mean? Kinda, you, you, yeah, yeah. You, you have to look at you got to look at your salary. Yeah, you got to look at your salary. All yeah. your, you got to look at what all the contracts coming off the books are. Like maybe you say, okay, Lafreniere can push us over the edge in three years, but by then our window's closed. Or what you could do, like I was thinking, if the, so, if- but but if we could get fucking ryan o'reilly or like someone like that good right now for the next two years we could win the cup well twice in a row if like you're, if you're like calgary, telling me that you might not make that trade if you're yeah i know right like it's a calculated risk that's why it's so interesting that's why that's why it is like the fucking not only is it unbelievable that the a team other than like these shitty teams in the bottom eight don't get the first pick another team like are they actually what is the team that's a them? contender like his, are they going to keep him? If you're Toronto and you're already up against the cap, like if you have a guy who is a star on his entry level deal, that's an insane value. You probably don't trade him, right? Maybe you don't trade him. Maybe same with the Flames. And maybe, and maybe that's where this fucking year just gets weirder and weirder, because probably the GMs. I bet you if you if you pulled the GMs the same poll we made. I bet you it's even smaller amount. It's probably like twenty percent of GMs that would be like, you know what? I would trade that guy for a different player that we need. Yeah. And maybe a GM of a team that gets the first overall selection will do it. So that this year would be the year it happens. <laughs> totally right. Oh man, it's gonna get weirder. It's gonna get. I mean, until until December thirty first, the clock hits twelve midnight, December thirty first. I'm not counting anything off the books. Like man. nothing like, is, is off. Watch is the, this not the weirdest live year of your life? Like, the, seriously. What's the weirdest scenario? Oilers get Laffy, trade him to the Flames for, like, Kachuk or something. That's, like, the weirdest scenario oh I can think God. of. <laughs> Could you imagine? Holy shit. Okay, here's the, here's the other thing. 
if you're Brad Tree Living and you don't get the first overall selection, do you try and get it? Why? That's a great point. Because, again, it's going to be a team who might just, be looking to move it. You just threw that out there. Like, do you now shop, start shopping around Johnny Money, a package of Johnny and Money together to try and get number one? Fuck yeah. <laughs> it, dep- it depends, I guess, on how the playoffs go and et cetera. It's going to be But it's going to be interesting like, because it's like it's it's kind of like the playoffs right now. It's like everybody could do anything. It's like there's there's no rock that's going to be left unturned. There's like no situation that can't happen. It's like anything yeah. and everything could happen. This is chaos. If you are the GM of the team that receives that pick, like you're like you said, you're pulling over every single like there's not there's no option off the table there is, when you, yeah. have, you have that pick. Like it's it's just gonna like, it's gonna be fucking bonkers. It already is bonkers. It hasn't even started are you yet. Telling, are you telling me there's not a decent chance that Jack Eichel might become a trade chip for that number one? Right. Like, well, they just are you telling? They just telling fired the team, their sorry. They just fired their entire front office. Apparently, like everybody's gone. So like, what if they're like, fuck this? We're you know what? Jack doesn't want to be here. Like, who is not gonna go if you are a team who has the first overall pick and. Buffalo is like, hey, we'll trade you Jack Eichel for that first overall pick. Who yeah! is not listening to me? that? Are you telling me that you would not rather have Jack Eichel than Lafreniere? Right now. I don't know. Right now. Fuck, I'm taking I Eichel would. probably. I don't know. I'm taking Eichel all day long, man. It's it's going to be it's like gonna, so many scenarios. It's be interesting. And this is why it's like, come on, this is not bad for the league. Exactly. Like, Are you telling me that this intrigue doesn't just like sell the league and how much more like would you who's going to be happy if it's like yeah detroit got first overall or ottawa got first overall it's like ottawa and detroit well, this, ottawa this and detroit fans. Sap, that's it this, this poor sap has to go to the worst team in the league yeah like nobody ever like it's boring as shit it rewards like, there's another there's another side of the coin here like maybe the league wants to continue to have other teams potentially get a number one pick i mean look at edmonton as a as a situation here like mcdavid he might play 10 years of his career make the playoffs once i mean it could happen yeah and it's just like you have an elite guy at that superstar level super status i mean he's the best player since gretzky probably on the shittiest team that's true for a decade you tell me that that sold the game as well as it could have you're, in a different situation you're telling me if know. connor is is not is playing in like buffalo like not that buffalo is a huge market but it's a big tv market it's an american market it's near new york he'd be playing in new york a shit ton you're telling me that's not better for the league than having him waste away up in edmonton never in the playoffs ever like he's been in the playoffs one time once especially when they're not doing a, right. like no it's not good for the league like maybe they should do this. If you don't qualify for the playoffs, you're eligible. You could win the first overall pick. I I like increase, that. Increase your probability. The the thing I the system I like the most is the system by which the team who wins the most or uh, points percentage or the most points after they've been eliminated from the playoffs increases their odds to pick first overall. That's the system I like the most. Because then it's like. Sure, you may be bad, but it's like, hey, you better stay competitive for the rest of the season when you've been eliminated so then you can get a chance at getting one of the best players. That's the shit I like. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyways, like, it's going to be nuts. Like, I... Dude, it's like... I, <laughs> it's like a dream. It's like we either get into the playoffs or we get a 1-8 chance of picking Lafayette. It's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. And obviously, I'd rather have them have a chance of winning the Stanley Cup, but... I don't know. And are you telling me that more people aren't going to tune in for the next lottery than the one that just went by? Dude, like they've made now two TV events. Like this next lottery is going to be awesome. Like I didn't watch the last one. Me I just, either. I didn't watch it because it's I just usually boring as shit. I've watched it. I just checked the ticker. Me too. I've, I'll be watching the next one. I've watched hands it. down. Even if, yeah. even if the Flames make it to the next round. Yeah, me too. I'm like, who is getting like, this? I, I need to know instantly. I can't be checking 30 seconds later. Yeah. I need to know the moment that ball drops. It's just, I think it's fantastic. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's awesome. 
Yeah, me too, man. And like, oh man, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be so interesting. So, all things moving forward, it, it's like we like we mentioned. It sounds like we were kind of curious the last time we came on here and did a podcast was about a week ago. Um, you had all these new cases. Um, and even still, like these leagues, I think they said that some of the Maple Leafs and staff have tested positive. Now, what I'm assuming is that the commissioners of these leagues and you know people in the management are working with these health organizations to help determine how to have a have a rest of a season. They're probably all anticipating that there's going to be some positive testing, right? Now, probably the biggest factor that comes that it comes down to is the who, however long it was, like four weeks ago, came out with the whole asymptomatic thing. If you're asymptomatic, you're not really putting people that aren't high risk at risk. Right. Is that how that works? I believe that's what the report was. Like, without that shift in this understanding of how this virus works, are you telling me that they would... If people are testing positive, they would still be... They wouldn't. I don't think so. That has to be the factor here that makes it still safe enough to continue play. Yeah. And so that's why I come back to, like, they're probably working with, you know, right, obviously, the top medical experts. They don't want to fuck anything up. Like, how bad for the league would it be? Oh, it'd be a sh- absolute disaster. Like, just from a from a kind of business side of it, like... If somebody dies, like that's horrendous in itself, but that's also fucking terrible Dude, for your business. That would completely your, devastate. Do you want to be the commissioner of the league that was responsible for even one death? So there's no way that these guys. Yeah, like we said, they are not fucking around. Forward. They're not fucking around. Yeah. So that's why, like, I also put a poll out. Is it too? Is it too risky to move forward? Is it? Are we okay? I think you just have to let the ex let the experts decide, right? That's where I'm at. Yeah. If if they're if they're telling me that it's safe enough to move forward, then I'm assuming that they know. And they know how to combat it. There's even like leagues that have already started up. There's rugby leagues. I saw some I, I went for a beer the other night uh in Kamloops and it sucked. I was there by myself and they don't let you sit at the bar, you gotta sit at the table all by yourself. Sounds great. That's how I spend and, every Friday night. Yeah, and on the TV, it's like, all right, you had some weird basketball leaves, like some obscure basketball that kind of sucked, and then you had, I don't even know what else was, like soccer or some shit. There's UFC on. No, well, that wasn't on. That would have been great. Yeah. No no one in the stands, but you know that even in those leagues, there's some players tested positive, and there's some sort of protocol that you gotta you got to deal with in order to make sure that, you know, it doesn't put anybody at risk. And I think that they, the fact that there's already smaller leagues that you can look to and see how they're dealing with the situation, they probably have a pretty solid plan moving forward. Even if players are testing positive, um, how to, how to be able to still move forward in that situation. Yeah, totally. So it looks to me, dude, especially things looked promising, now they look even more promising with the MLB and the NBA releasing their 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 start dates. Yeah. And I mean <clears throat> the Flames do have 18, I believe it's 18 players in town along with some other players cuz I Brad was on a conference call just I think it was on the 27th. Um and Steinberg just had some of his quotes. I think there's a bunch of guys in town who are either at home or staying in the hotel. Um, yep. and they're skating together. They skated together for the first time in a, in a long time, I guess. So, and I saw Lucic posted, yep. he's, he's back in town. He was at the rink the other day. So, I mean, Sweet. it seems all things are tentatively a go, right? So. Yep. And it, it sounds like they're all going through the proper quarantine process. Yeah. Right. Anybody who doesn't live just, here is know. in a hotel room quarantined following protocol, Brad said. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these players Obviously, you're getting monitored probably on a daily basis for any symptoms. It's probably, you know, weekly or bi-weekly tests, right? Yeah, it, ha- it would it'd have to be, right? Yeah. Anyways, I think it's going to be awesome. Like, even hearing Tree Living talking about um, in his conference call, he was like, 
We're focused on getting ready to go to the playoffs. That's what we're focused on. It's like, fuck yes, I'm ready for this shit to get back going, you know? Yeah. And then he also, just one thing to know before we wrap up here, is that he did he did um, confirm about Valimaki. Um, yes. Yeah. He said if he does play, he wouldn't be exempt, is what he said their understanding is. Um, so their their plan, obviously, and you don't need to play him. Look at the what you just acquired. Yeah, exactly. There would be no reason to play Valimaki. Zero reason. So This is kind of just a, like, this is a freebie anyways. This is the way this thing's rolled out. Yeah. This is kind of just a free shot at winning the cup. It's exactly what it is. It's like free for all, man. Let's go. Because no, because nobody, not one fan, if you don't win the cup, is going to be disappointed. No, I'm not going to be like, oh, Johnny Gaudreau sucked again. Trade him. Well, I'm sure there will be some uh, contingent of fans who will be like that. But yeah. Okay, let's let's end on this question. What would be more exciting or just as exciting as winning the first overall pick? What would be more exciting? Would you you have to win the cup? Would you have to go to the finals? I don't think so. Would you have to see the Chicago Blackhawks defeat Edmonton and then they they still get the lowest pick possible? I mean, that would be very satisfying. It wouldn't be exciting. For me, like the the level of like... I'd get a little excited about that. The level that would match us getting Lafayette or having the chance to draft him would be... I don't think you necessarily have to win the Stanley Cup, but I mean, we got to go on a deep playoff run. And I don't think that means getting to the finals. I think it means getting to the third, the conference finals at least, right? I think if you, I, yeah, I think, yeah. you know what? No, you Fuck have this. You'd, you, have yeah, to, 100%. you'd have to get to the finals for it to be as equally as exciting as getting Laffy. Because I mean, to get a guy like Laffy, we've never picked first overall. Like, that would be something special as shit. I'm not saying I want us to yep. lose to Winnipeg. But it would ha- you'd have to probably make the finals for me to be about as excited about anything as getting yeah. Lafreniere. So, yeah, yeah, I would agree because if you reach the finals, that's a serious accomplishment. That's a serious measurement of how far this team has progressed. Yeah, and that experience will make them even better going into next season. Um, and then I think it makes the GM's job even a little bit easier in terms of determining what you actually have. Because when you have a flop like last, uh, the last season with Gullison, it's just like, well, who are we? We don't know. Like, was it the coach? Then Bill Peters comes in, and then he sucks the next season. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you go on a far playoff run, you know what you have in that dressing yeah, room. Yeah, you know right? your needs. I think, I think from a fan standpoint, there's still question marks about what we have in that dressing room. And because we haven't seen it translate into playoff success. Yeah, and, and so, it's still hard to put your finger on exactly what's wrong, too, as a fan, anyways. Yeah. And it's probably the same thing for the GM. Like he probably has a better understanding of what he has, but he doesn't really know until you see what they can do. So yeah, I would, I would agree. Like the only thing as exciting as getting number one pick would be going to the finals. Um, What would you rather now, if you had to pick between the two, what would you pick going to the finals and losing or getting laughing? Well, if you're guaranteed to lose, (laughs) fuck that shit. Right? But if somebody said you can go to the finals and I don't tell you how it turns out or you get Laffy guaranteed, I'm picking the finals all day long. Okay, I like the way you put that. Yeah. yeah. And then okay, last right. hypothetical, you get you get yeah. first overall. The Flames lose to the Jets, we get first we win the lottery, we get first overall. What are you doing with the pick? I'm getting Eichel. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ooh, bold. I'm drafting, dude. I I got I gotta have him, man. Dr- he's like he's gets laugh for me, dude. I'm drafting Laffy, and you're rolling with that boy. You're, you're rolling with that guy for the next three years on an ELC. That boy. I think, well, either way, but probably even more so if you do go with Laffy. As long as you, I don't know. I I mean, it, it might cha- make make things more challenging. I, with who we have coming off the books, we would probably be okay. We wouldn't run into too much too much cap trouble. I don't think. Yeah. But if you do bring in a guy like Laffy, I think it makes it easier to re-sign guys like Goudreau. Um, Mon- or Mangipani's up. Yeah, uh, Monahan shortly after that. Do you know what I mean? Like, these guys probably would want to stay yeah. here that much more, knowing that you have this superstar in the making. But Sam could be stayed if you get Jack Eichel. Dude, if you're running, if if you're running Eichel and Goudreau for the next five years, you're one of the best teams in the league, bar none. Yeah. 
And I, honestly, man, I think I'm, I'm getting that goal. <laughs> I like it. All right, sweet. Uh, we, we, we can't pick the same. You know, you know yeah. how this podcast we'll works, a, we'll, we'll await the next crazy-ass piece of news that comes our way. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? One thing's for certain. It's going to get